Welcome back to part two of Life Unwasted. This is Cumin. I'm Caleb. And we have Adam Cobb as our guest. We wrapped up part one and we're back to part two. At the end of part one, we were talking about Life Unwasted. That's the title of our podcast. And, and, in, and in this episode, we want to go deeper on that theme of Life Unwasted. Adam, can you start us off? Yeah, you know, when you when you talk about well what Caleb was describing <clears throat> at the end of the last um part was this concept of like I think I know I'm not sure if anybody specifically taught me this at Faith Academy, but I do feel mm-hmm. like I got this message that there's kind of like this faded optimal path in life and if you just listen hard enough for God's voice, then you'll like always make the right decisions and you'll have this optimal pathway. And, you know, that, that goes to very um, wild things like huge topics. Like, you know, if you just uh, stay pure until marriage that you're, you're going to have like a great sex life in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's a kind of a message that was, that was underneath the surface of many of the things that we talked about and books that yeah. we read at that time and all. And it's, it's so wild to me because I, I know firsthand from several of my Christian friends that got married young and whatever Mm -hmm. that like their sex lives in their marriages still are complicated and they still have to work on communicating and like Mm -hmm. every, like every successful, um, I mean, I, I guess I can't say successful, but like I think of as a successful situation for anybody is that they have a relationship with their significant other where they can communicate clearly and 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 you know intentionally about um those kind of topics but then that that was not what was covered we weren't given tools um to like have successful relationships we were given tools to not have sex before marriage like that was what we were handed by by accountability and honestly just avoiding one another um, I know what you mean. I wish I wish I just uh, had more opportunities to have uh, friends who were girls, you know, and mm-hmm. been taught how to manage relationships and friendships. Um, but you, you were there was so much guilt baked into uh, the whole dating process. We got a phone call. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Adam got a phone call. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, it's work. I have an automatic, uh, automatic uh, band of horses um, place automatically at this time of day. Oh, uh-huh. that's hilarious! <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, but you know, we weren't really taught how to date and how to have relationships, and yep. we're like, you know, I we avoided the whole thing. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, my friends um, got divorced really young because they got yep. married really young. Um, and they didn't know how to manage an actual human grown-up relationship with uh, someone of the opposite sex, you know? No, yeah. so you're, you're talking about something that's like, it's one of the reasons why I am not jealous of people that got married young. Mm-hmm. Because I was kind of on that path in mm-hmm. college. And then I realized that I wanted very different things than the girl I was dating. And I didn't want to settle down and have kids right away. I wanted to live this like much more rambling, adventurous life and probably go live in the inner city and 
or live overseas again and be single during all of that. And like, I just, I bailed on that whole thing. And then I slowly through my twenties and thirties learned how to talk about all these things in relationships with, and, and I have a lot of platonic female friends Mm -hmm. as a result of that too. I like, I, I, I have friends where I can talk to the, I could, I could talk to their husbands and I can say, I guarantee you that she doesn't have a single guy friend like me in her life. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm it. I am the, I am the guy friend that this married woman can be close to because I slowly learned about all of these other aspects of how to be a good, like companion and supportive person to humans. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I not I, married, not your spouse, but I humans. totally go with that. Yeah. I totally go with that. And and so here's yeah. another question. I mean, it's it's the talk of town, I guess, in Korea, and I guess I, I'm not sure about the state side of things. Mm-hmm. Can you have a op, a friend of the opposite sex? Can a platonic relationship be possible with a person of the opposite sex? I do it all the time. I've got- yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, of course, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally, a hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to say that I recognize how different my emotional um, entanglements are than a lot of of my other male friends. I don't know if that's a cultural thing. I don't mm. know if that's a me thing, but like. I don't know my uh, the attractiveness of somebody is very tied up into a conceptual like um, zone for me and I just don't see women that aren't of a certain like in a certain relationship with me I just don't see them as um, like anything other than humans that like my female friends that are married and and whatnot they're just they're humans to me I don't I don't really focus on the male female thing with them. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Is that I don't know. The... I don't know. Um, I I don't think it works every single you know all the time every single time. I mean, like any friendship, it's gotta it's gotta be compatible and based on you. Know, you've got to have similar values, mm-hmm. and you know it's got to be a real friendship. It's not just like you know, any person out there I would want to have a close relationship with, but absolutely uh, there are uh, girls that I work with uh, uh, friends, um, uh, you know, friend groups that we're, we're friends with where like, yeah, it is a hundred percent platonic. There is no possibility. You know, there's just not, there's not that attraction there because like we're just in, in a friendship. And mm-hmm. I think most guys, like this is something that you have to learn how to do in life. And I had to learn it myself. It wasn't taught it. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I would actually say like some of those skills that I gained in my twenties and thirties mm-hmm. um, in this regard actually came through um, relationships with gay and lesbian humans mm-hmm. because I could see yeah. like, from from inside this relationship with a woman who's not attracted to me and i know she's not mm-hmm. attracted to me i'm not right. her type um can feel the same way as a woman who i know is straight because yeah. because i can choose to just right put things on that level 
And likewise, I have, um, uh, you know, male gay friends. And I go, I don't think that it's like, like, it's not weird to me that, that they're attracted to men and I'm a man because we're friends. And like, I know they yeah. see me that way. I'm not somebody that they would pursue or whatever. Mm-hmm. They know I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, this is, the, this is the, the, the great thing if you will get outside of the Christian bubble and have friends who are super different from you because you'll do these compare and contrast things and be like, we're humans. We're human beings. That's the key thing. I love that. I love that. I mean, I think I think the worst part about the suppression of sex in Christian circles is mm-hmm. that we make too many things overly sexual mm-hmm. <laughs> where we don't mm-hmm. need it to be. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Not everything is about sex, is it? But we, at, we attach too much sexual energy in places and areas that we don't necessarily need to. And mm-hmm. it's just the other day I was talking about, you know, homosexuality and, you know, and I was saying, look, men wearing skirts doesn't necessarily make a man mean that men like guys. I mean, those two things doesn't equate. Mm-hmm. Me wearing the color pink does not mean I'm gay. But we have so... Well, it did in the 90s. I mean, it now did. it doesn't. Now it doesn't, but it, it <laughs> yeah. did. No, right? Remember? But, but no, abs- yeah. it's no, fu- absolutely. It's crazy. It's right. crazy. I mean, right, right, right. Yeah, why, why do I have to be labeled yeah. a certain kind of male? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't have to be feminine. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like... Yeah. We, we... Uh, it's really not anybody's business, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, just mind your own darn business. But I remember this idea, you know, in Faith Academy and in youth groups, this whole idea of accountability. And you have to be accountable to your brothers and you have to be, account- but really it was just like everyone, you just snitched on your friends. Like anytime you, they acted outside the norm of, you know, what, you know, if they questioned the Bible or, or whatever it was, um, or they, they uh, made a bad joke or they said a swear, you went and turned your friend in, right? Like that whole idea was just baked into what you're doing. And, and really at the end of the day, if we all just minded our own business, We'd all be a lot happier. You're right. Yeah, you know, I I remember senior year having a couple of the guys in our class and I really get into, you know, the real, real, uh, like at one of the mm-hmm. spiritual retreats or something and just be like, okay, let's be soup, soups honest with each other about all that accountability stuff. And then, I don't know, people, like it just went in these cycles where mm. we were these, we were these teenage boys and like, we, I don't know, we were just figuring it out. And then there was mm-hmm. just a, t- a, a whole bunch of extra stress from just figuring out what was going on with ourselves and like what we wanted. And, yeah. and nobody, like, I don't, I don't know how other people's experience was at Faith Academy, but nobody would have, found being gay in that environment easy we Mm-mm. like words were said in at you know at faith academy that are like would be a hate crime today yes yes often it was crazy i mean it was the 90s and it was all crazy right but it but was in crazy. class yes like you you could you could say stuff like that in front of teachers mm-hmm. and 
it wasn't a yeah absolutely um Hateful. you know i have all these videos from back during <laughs> during that time period because i was the weird kid with the video camera and i posted some of those videos um mm-hmm. on our class fa- uh, facebook page when we had our reunion this last summer and i had to edit out so much stuff you yeah. know i really went through with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that i didn't post something that would like get people fired you know yeah <laughs> um because uh you know there wasn't anything abs well yeah there <laughs> I take that back. Um, I was going to say there wasn't anything that was like a hate crime, um, but I take <laughs> I take that back. Uh, you know, hateful it, words. Just, yeah, hate words really hateful words. Yeah, yeah. But we uh, didn't we didn't know any better. No, I mean I right? think the adults should have. And yeah, I mean there's so many things that we can't say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but if we yeah. reenacted any one day at the academy, anymore. yeah, we shouldn't. Not just can't. I mean, we, we know what, we, we know why we shouldn't. We right? know better. That's the thing. We yeah. The, it's like that Maya Angelou quote. You know, the your your responsibility is to do better once you know better. Mm-hmm. I mean that yeah. that incident always comes to my mind when I think about faith of those two faculty members who were out yeah. ousted in front of the whole. Mm-hmm. School. The whole school, school whole campus. Mm-hmm. Like, why why did they have to have a whole meeting about? I remember going to that assembly and I was so confused. Just like, oh, hey, these two teachers and they've been um, uh, let go, but they didn't really say why. And then I remember finding out through the grapevine that oh, they might have been lesbians or something like that, and and so they they got fired. But it was a horrible story, wasn't it? I yeah, mean, terrible. like the way the mission treated them. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't conform within certain yeah. boundaries of yeah. whatever, then you you had to go. And and part of that was, I think, a, a hypersensitive atmosphere because of the many different mission groups and theologies mm-hmm. at Faith Academy. Um, there was like some of the, I mean, I, I hate to call Nazarenes that I was raised the liberal side <laughs> because by no means do I consider all Nazarenes liberal, but our mm-hmm. theology, if you really, really dig into our theology, it's quite loose compared mm-hmm. to like strong Calvinist Baptist theology in terms mm-hmm. of what can be defined. And like a lot of things are left up to the individual and the church doesn't make a position on different social issues and stuff. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So uh, we had like a political situation there where you had to get these different mission groups with really different theologies sometimes to get along and Mm -hmm. some stuff had to be kind of just forbidden within that environment. Are you, are you guys comfortable with like making this podcast available to the general Academy public? Sure. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? I mean, no, I mean that like we we are bringing up incidents from like two decades ago and we're not really you know, shedding the bright a bright light on it. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, I don't I don't think we should name names. I think what right. um, we're focusing a little bit too much on what happened there. I think what you know I would focus on is what that experience right, has right. done for and, and to us. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of good, getting us back on back, back on, on track. track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because this is really, you know, what happened there. It, it, that's an externality. I mean, it, it's gone. It, it's supposed to be life unwasted, right? Right. You right. know. What what was it about 
those experiences there that um, whether it was good or painful, um, how has it you know, affected us? That... And exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think I went on a little bit of a rant here, which I'm just, a... but what was that rant about? For... Like, 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 no, no, no. It, let's bring that. Cause that rant was important. Cause I do that in my mind all the time. I replay all of those little moments and, you know, all of the bad things that happened, but like, what is that? What did that feel like when you were, when you were doing a, an expose about our, our former, uh, uh, academic institution. Yeah, I guess um like it, it surprises me the stuff that could still sound bitter mm, when I talk about mm-hmm. it because yeah. I don't really feel bitter and that's because like if you come back to this thing the the deeper level of why I brought up yeah, some of these differences at Faith Academy yeah. was I uh I just recognized how how many of my peers in the US had a had a worse high school situation. Mm, and so mm-hmm. like, I think about the way that we were protected from some stuff mm-hmm. and in a way that was very beneficial, I feel. And so I don't know, like it's protected from. I protected from bad decisions I could have made uh, if I was mm. in a, like a typical high school setting in the U S for example, mm-hmm. the different kinds of pressures and stuff. Like I can look back in the rearview mirror and say, Man, I'm frustrated that, you know, these certain things were really conservative, I guess. But I don't know if that's the right word, but really the the rules were very strict compared mm. to many of my peers. But mm-hmm. many of my peers talk about getting blackout drunk at 14 and stuff in high school in mm-hmm. the U.S. And like, I wouldn't oh, so your friends better were cool. in that environment. <laughs> I mean, sorry. You, I'm sorry. Your friends were said, cool. Oh, so your friends were cool. Why were you cool like them? Yeah, that no, sounds... like that's yeah. that's that's the thing is I don't I don't know how I would have succumbed to the peer pressure right. at Faith Academy was like you only got a three point five this semester. Oh. My GPA was a three point seven five. Like it was peer pressure oh my... to like an upward achievement right. academically and those kind of nerdy things that yeah. I'm so glad that a lot of us were in that there was a strong center of gravity around academic achievement yeah. that was okay very okay I, in this moment so this is this is an interesting thing because we're kind of coming full circle here here adam mm-hmm. an amazing thing that drove you to do what you know like yes there was all of that peer pressure in high school because that was palpable man mm-hmm. like like we were all um that, that was a brutal academic environment Pretty and i believe we just talked about your burnout <laughs> mm-hmm. from driving yourself so that inner voice and i asked you before where that inner voice came from yeah that drove you so hard academically and never felt like you were good enough yeah man like you just kind of doctor filled me like that's that's still there that's an echo of so much of the pressure that we put on ourselves socially with each other to be like really effective at a mission right our parents were Mm -hmm. out there doing a mission so we were all pretty mission oriented and that was like grades and success artistically or in sports or like whatever we were a Mm -hmm. focused a focused little society Mm mm-hmm 
Caleb, you are good at this. There, this is a, I, I see a healing process in our in our talks. So I, I really feel good about us getting together and talking things over on a spe specific theme. Because I believe, like our podcast title, Life in the Wasted, when we look back in our past experiences, whether it be good or bad, painful or whatnot, we can just have a better perspective, a better view of how those experiences shaped us to be the humans we are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. It's it's like a, I can be enthusiastic for the weird, broken way that we were all raised mm -hmm. because there were still so many good things in it and good people yeah. and real community. Right. And mm -hmm. There were so many un like things that I've continued to use as touchstones in my life for like what's authentic. Well, it felt authentic yeah. this way at Faith Academy. Mm -hmm. well, let's and say so then that's a guiding light in a way. Let's try to wrap up in a lighter note, Adam. So could you share <laughs> it with us? Where you were yeah, it's we are in the latter half of our podcast right now. We have about ten minutes well, left. But yeah, so Adam, what are one of your like oh or Caleb, you wanted to add something before we move well, on? Well I to was the just gonna segment. say, um, you know, uh, that that you know, that moment we just talked about, um, where you were kind of sharing the the best part of what you got out of Faith Academy, which was um, you know, we were very focused on, you know, academics and very focused on some positive things. Um, you know, that's the bittersweet nature of every moment of our life you know yeah. like that that you started this off with saying how much of a burnout that was um and how bitter that was and how you know that that kind of bitterness popped up a little bit just about some things that you know we experienced back there um but in that same moment there's the thing that you love the most and that you has defined you as a person for so very long um and that's what I keep, um, that's the place I keep getting back to, uh, as I think about the first, you know, half of my life, um, the pain was always mixed with something else and I always yeah. learned something from it. Yeah. 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 Grief and the power from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Adam, what, what was one of your happiest, like, or fun memories back in your day at faith? Hmm. I, uh, I, I very fondly like remember stuff from shows, you know, like the, the drama stuff that we would do, the musicals, um, mm -hmm. choir, uh, for me, which was more towards later high school that I got back into, um, choir type, um, classes, our, mm -hmm. I, I was more, I don't know, science and math focused early in high school. And then I got more artsy focused towards the end. So I have mm. a, like a lot of fond memories about theater, about shows that went on, about opportunities to showcase our talents in different ways. I was even part of like the academic quizzing team, right? So that was just a mm -hmm. little thing. Like we got together and we practiced and yeah. It was I the, remember that connection yeah next that's crazy hmm. <laughs> how about you cumin when you think about 
um uh what what ad was saying did that bring anything back for you focus social pressure mm-hmm. yeah I, I think i was able to focus more on life because of the academic trainings that I received at Faith. And mm. I was just able to meet so many different types of people, I guess, mm-hmm. at Faith and appreciate yeah. how people can be so different from one another. And here's, I think, another thing. Um, we were relatively nice people to each other. Yeah. We weren't yeah. really that mean. You know, looking back, people were nice, relatively yeah, nice. Yeah. And I just realized living in the world today mm-hmm. that nice, kind people shouldn't be taken for granted. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's one of the things that I really reminisce and remember back with fondness is the mm-hmm. kindness that people display to one another just the level of civility you know we didn't yeah. cuss each other out we didn't have fist fights we didn't we, we would have conflicts but the most we would do is yeah. like you idiot you stupid I mean, that's the most that we would do right well so we neither of you were in the out. dorm then right oh yeah okay maybe dorms <laughs> are a different story but well, uh, massively different experiences here uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> okay yeah yeah. Well, we can talk <laughs> about dorms another day. Hey, so well, we got to get a dorm person on at some I mean, point. Yeah. I think uh I think I, my experience sounds a lot closer to what you're expressing, Cuman, because mm-hmm. there was yeah, there I I I was given opportunities to develop not just the scores I needed to get into the college I wanted or whatever. It was mm-hmm to actually be taught somewhat how to think uh, way ahead of many of my peers in the U S um, yeah. An, an economics class or a class where we really delved into some kind of philosophy subjects. I mean, um, some of the electives that I got to take, they brought up even in literature classes, they brought up big subjects to expand my capacity to think conceptually about what the world was and like yeah you know how to update my own model for what reality on this earth is like because you get exposed to these depthy concepts in your classes you're exactly right it gave us thinking skills and yeah mm-hmm. so adam uh it was, we're, we're gonna wait, wrap up it, it was a little Oh, I was going to say it was a little Hogwartsy in that way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Hogwarts. Everyone believed in magic, first of all. <laughs> yeah. um, but just walking the hallway with our books uh, was a little ho- a little Hogwartsy. It was. That's that's yeah. the perfect mm-hmm. way to describe the Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. before we go, before we go, Adam, would you, is there a person that you would like to recommend we have as our next guest, our second guest? Hmm. I mean, the other. Um, person that I text with the most besides Caleb <laughs> from our class mm-hmm. right now is uh, is Carl Miller. All right, mm. and, Carl. Uh, I know that I know that Carl 
you know, he because he went back to Faith Academy to mm-hmm. teach and all for a while, but he's back in the U.S. now. And mm. um, and so we talk often about ways that we are seeing the world differently and, and unwinding the Faith Academy experience. Mm. All right, let's he see. He was a dorm kid. Oh, perfect. Let's see if we can get Carl as our yeah. next guest. And I as, love that. And as we mentioned, no last names, just first name so let's right. yeah. let's see if we can go carl i could i can connect you guys okay so, be awesome. so let's wrap up today's podcast thank you adam for coming on our podcast as our very first guest we were honored to hear your side of the story and of course we'd like to have you on our future podcast whenever you're available i believe that we still have hours left in our talks together to <laughs> just process everything mm-hmm. that we've been through but really we appreciate your presence here with us thank you so much yeah, thanks for the invite. Yeah. And as we wrap up, remember, Caleb, what, yeah. we, what we decided on how to right. sign off, right? So yeah, this was absolutely. Cumin. This is Caleb. Let's go. Go Vangers. Go Vangers. Oh, let's oh. do that again. Let's do Go Vangers, okay? <laughs> this is Cumin. This is Caleb. Go, go Vangers. Yeah. <laughs>